Hey guys, Dizlife Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at dtotravel.com. What are you waiting for? Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at dtotravel.com. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome, foolish mortals. Greetings, program. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Nice work, pal. Well, we have one of those new talking machines. Now that is something. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Disney Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Disney Podcast. Join us weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. As a reminder, head over to chipandco.com for the latest and the most uplifting of headlines from across the Disney parks around the world. We would like to give a special shout out, as always, to the patrons of this podcast program, the members of our Patreon page who have special access to bonus content and much, much more. You can support this radio program by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash Dislife podcast. All right. So on today's podcast, we are recounting our trip to the D23 Expo out in Anaheim, California. The team of Chip, Greg, and myself flew out west to cover the weekend and the event and rest assured, the crew here at Chip and Company is going to discuss all of the breaking news from the event on the Best of Parks News and Review, and then again on Thursday as part of Ann Company. However, we wanted to devote this episode to the fun, a trip report, because let's face it, it was Greg's first trip out to Disneyland, and both mine and Greg's first time at D23, so we're going to get personal and we're going to share the stories that existed outside of the news from Disney. So in this episode, we're going to call this one Blue Skies and the Best of D23. And let's bring that man in fresh off the plane, right from Destin, uh, not Destination, D23 Expo, the one and only Greg Gately. Greg, welcome back to Dislife Podcast. Have you recovered from the weekend yet? Uh, hoy hoy, Mark Valentine, and welcome to Dislife Podcast. What 
an amazing <laughs> trip we just had. I'm I, I'm overexcited. I'm overstimulated. My legs won't move for me today. My body will not move for me today. I cannot uh, look. My brain's working, and that's all I need well, after this past uh, des- uh, D23. Correct. That's all you need. Speechless is the only thing that doesn't work because we've got to talk about it now. So we have all week to talk about this, but. Like I just said a minute ago to those people that are listening, we want this one we want to make personal. We're going to get into the headlines, man, and we're going to break that down as only Chip and Company can, that we were in the room where it happens. You and guys, it, let's, let's just say, yeah. there is a lot There's a to lot. break down. There was more than I thought there was going to be, not just panel-wise, but outside the panels with uh, different uh, booths and different people. And we made some great contacts, had some excellent conversations with people. Mark, it was a lot of talking this week. A lot of talking, a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of work. All right, man. So let's get, (laughs) let's get it. Well, everybody asked me like, was it fun? It's like, I don't know if fun would be the word that I would use to describe the expo because you just get into that zone, right? You just get into work mode and fun becomes irrelevant at that point, and it's just get it get it out fast and get it out accurate. Afterwards, after the uh, room clears and you're done sweating and making sure that everybody got their information, then you reflect on it. it was like, did I have fun? Uh, maybe. Um, I, I I loved it. There was a lot of emotions. Uh, yes, so many, so many emotions. All right, so let's let's talk trip report. Let's get into the fun stuff that we did because we did quite literally have a lot of fun. The three of us out there, we did a lot of cool stuff and we had a lot of fun, but let's, um, let's get into, there the was trip. a lot of laughter. There was, there was a, lot. a lot of like belly laughter that my stomach hurt. Correct. <laughs> I mean, figuratively and literally thanks to your wife and mine and, and to chip, we wound up flying out a day early. Originally the plan was ladies and gentlemen, we were going to fly in on Thursday get maybe a few hours at best to be in the park and then just go right into it the next day, like early Friday morning. And so our wives said, guys, you're flying halfway across the world. You're flying across country, at least take it in, enjoy it, be there for a day that the three of you can settle in, that you can have fun, that you maybe can breathe and make a little bit of memories before going like straight into it. So we flew out a day early to enjoy Disneyland uh, we wound up doing another half day at DCA because that was wound up being the travel day. But let's talk about the trip and let's get into the parks because as we just said a minute ago, this was your, for all intents and purposes, this was your first trip to Disneyland. And it was a really big trip. I mean, heck, I blogged about and talked about for like five episodes my trip to Disneyland. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone wants to hear us bloviate again on all of that. Let's boil it down and let's, but let's talk about this moment because it was a big moment for you, right? So you started in DCA. We started at Disney's California Adventure. Right off yeah, the bat, no, do you regret, do you regret that decision? Do I regret? I do. I honestly do. I, I wish uh, we had a full day. Uh, the only reason I say I regret it is let's talk about the weather. It was 105. 106 degrees yes at dca that day so we just we flew all morning and decided to go to dca i wish it was a cooler day i wish we went um when we were a little bit more relaxed and not as stressed trying to get in and out of the park and get running around so there was a that was the only regret going into the park 
all that regret went away. What was your, I'm just curious, what was your initial take when you walked into Disney's California Adventure? Like, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Hollywood Studios. Okay. And that's really fair. (laughs) You're like, seriously, when you walk in, you have that feel of Hollywood Studios. Now, that's where the, it ends. Uh, we're talking about the entrance. You get that feeling. But as soon as you walk past that entrance, that that feeling of, oh, I'm just in Hollywood Studios ends directly. You now realize you are in a different place and a better place. Did it bother you that the park icon is located out of the, the visual eye? Like you can't see the park icon upon park entry because it's the you real. Yeah, you, you really don't see anything other than, well, obviously it's Oogie Boogie Bash time. So the Oogie Boogie was across the front entrance of DCA. That was cool. Uh, they had Halloween songs playing the whole time, so you didn't get the the feeling of, oh, well, this is DCA on a regular day. It was Halloween time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. everything was ready for that. The icon being in the back of the park was weird to me. So walking in, you're, you, you see... Grumman's Chinese Theater, you used to see the hat that was there. You go Epcot, you can't not see Spaceship Earth. The castle is right down the front center. Even Sleeping Beauty's castle, it's right there downtown in the center. Uh, DCA, it's like um, nothing. But you know you're in Disney. It, it's a very weird dichotomy on that where you walk in and go, this is, I'm in Disney. Where? But where am I in Disney? It is. You get flashes of what we know from Disney World. So it's it's just like speaking a different dialect. It's still Disney, but it's a different dialect. So I, I absolutely get that. Again, I don't know if we really got a fair shake for you emotionally that first day because it was 106 degrees. It was so hot. It, and you're no stranger to heat, too. Like when the Floridian is saying, yo, it is hot, <laughs> you know it's bad because you're somewhat impervious to it. It's not like me from Pennsylvania where I'm a little bit more sensitive and I melt, you are a little bit calloused and hardened to that kind of stuff. So, and it was the type of heat, like down here, you know, you're hot. It is pure humidity. You're drenched in sweat out there. They call it the dry heat, which just you all of a sudden are hot and then you're dead. You don't realize that all the moisture has been sucked out of your life. <laughs> and then and just I die. Yeah. Here I'm like, oh, you know what? I could probably get a drink. I'm 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 sweaty. I, I need to stop. There it was just like go, go, go. Oh no. I now have to build a grave for myself. Let's just say that the also the theme of the weekend was Greg, you're hungry, eat a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole lot of that where I turned into Betty White for he, most of the trip. <laughs> there were like four, no joke, there were like four instances where it's like, Greg, you're hungry, eat a Snickers. <laughs> and that was probably the first one because you I was both, hungry getting off the plane. Yeah, both you and Chip flew in from like early that morning. I mean, you really can never get anything of substance on the plane. So you landed and you were <laughs> your priority was, Mark, I need something to eat now before I kill something. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I, I go from like my I could feel my blood sugar drop and just I be I literally become Betty White. He I'm was just so angry. hangry. Yeah, he was so hangry. He was he was equal parts astonished that he was in Disneyland and hangry at the same time. <laughs> there is a lot of emotions going on. So many emotions. Not as bad as Disneyland the next day, but going into DCA and it was like, okay, Mark, I need to stop and eat. I don't care where. And and you were like, I have the perfect place. And that's when we went to Pim's Test Kitchen. So uh, I have been talking about Pim's Test Kitchen. I told you how it probably was Linda and, and my favorite place that we ate. 
PIMS is a, a quick service location located in the heart of Avengers Campus over at Disney's California Adventure. So this is where we went. I said, if, Greg, if you're coming in, I'm, I'm leading with my A game. I'm going to hit you right away with something that I absolutely love. So we went over, had lunch at PIMS Test Kitchen. Both of us wound up ordering the same thing. I, I probably should have got the Pimini. And we should have just did splitsies on both of them. But I, I really, I was probably a little hangry at that point too, that I didn't think clearly, like we didn't play it strategically. So we both wound up getting the same thing, which was the oversized chicken sandwich. I did have enough presence and, and uh, wherewithal to say, let's get the oversized Choco smash bar and let's split that. Eventually we did get the pretzel. We didn't get it at that sitting, but when we went back to Pim's, on our last night, we got the pretzel. So let's just throw that in there for your thoughts on the pretzel as well. But um, your take on Pim's Test Kitchen, you know how much I love it. So I'm not going to take up any more time to say how much I love it. But I think you did a great description of walking in there and and how cool it is to walk into that building and see the snacks being made and, and being enlarged or shrunk down. That Those are really cool concepts. Unfortunately, I, again, was so hangry that I didn't look up. I was just like, mobile order, let's eat now. <laughs> I didn't care about going in. And I felt bad afterwards. I was like, I really need to stop and enjoy this because I'm not enjoying this yet. So you and I were able to find a table right away, mobile order our food, grab it, and just basically dive in and devour it. Like it could have been the napkin. And I would have been like, this is the best food ever. <laughs> that no. So delicious. really, honestly, it was good. It was fun. It, it was, I, I want to go back and say, first off, thank you to Linda for getting us such an amazing hotel and finding that for us. Yeah. So we stopped in the hotel and I was hungry and then we got to DCA and I was even more hungry. And then we got to Pim's and I, I could have eaten you at that point. <laughs> and you bring you bring up the hotel just to let you, um so we we stayed across the street at the Best Western so we stayed at a good neighbor hotel amazing how close it was though for a good neighbor hotel that we walked right across the intersection and we were in the gate we were there so it was uh, that's why I want to stop and say thank you to yeah. Linda because had we had to walk any further we would have been eating at one of those little small restaurants off to the side um no P Pim's Pim's lived up to a type here's Here's where I have a weird issue with it. And it's not with the food. It's not with PIMS. It's not with anything. It was, um, it was hot. So I was expecting to have my food and just be like, oh, there's Captain America. Oh, there's, uh, there's Shang-Chi. Oh, there's like, that's what I was expecting. Yes. Not knowing that at 108 degrees, you can't have the characters run around like no. you normally would. So I was sitting there like all wide-eyed. And that was the problem. I was sitting there very wide-eyed. There's Guardian's uh, Tower of Terror right in front of me. And I'm just staring at the building going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I'm looking at Avengers Campus going, I'm in Avengers Campus, Mark. Mark, I'm in Avengers Campus. How am I in Avengers Campus? What did I do for my life that I am now in Avengers Campus? And I'm loving life, but hangry as heck. <laughs> so like, here's, here's the only thing that I felt really bad. And I even said this to Andy on Sunday. I said, I, when we went back on Sunday night to Avengers Campus, it was my hope and my wish that you got to see more of the characters because in 106 degrees... And I'm not faulting Disney. Like, I think this is amazing and like good on Disney for protecting their cast members and not making them go walk around in costumes when it's that hot. 
So, yeah, no judgment. No judgment. No judgment. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. angry about it. I, I understood it. Yep. So no judgment in this. But they were quite literally in, in the building. So they were in the campus itself on that second floor in the shade. They would come out for a period of even like two or three minutes, come and wave, and then go right back in. But Avengers Campus really wasn't the way that it normally is for you. And so I felt really bad because part of the draws of Avengers Campus, and you just, you got a little taste of it. You could see how magical it is when Shang-Chi is out and about or Thor is walking around or Loki is walking around. Those are the things that make that place special. Otherwise, it's just buildings. I mean, same thing with... It was really cool. Uh, On our second DCA, when we went back there, uh, we were getting a shawarma and Ant-Man walks by me and like just walks by me. And I'm just sitting there like, hey, there's there's Ant-Man. Like all of a sudden it dawned on me like, I, I, Ant-Man just walked in yeah. or when we walked over there and Shang-Chi and Ant-Man are having a conversation together and it was magical watching Captain America come down or uh, see him up on the jet was fantastic. Loki seeing him up there was amazing, man. Like these, I, I it was, ju- it was phenomenal seeing that. I wish it was just a cooler day that I could have experienced it on. So the magic was there. Please don't think, I don't think the magic was there because it was there. It just happened to be really hot. It was really, um, really I will hot. say on a negative side, Mark, cause we're going to do this honestly. Yeah. 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 I thought Avengers campus would have looked newer. So I think we, maybe we went on a day that it was hot or whatever, but it looked very run down already and dirty. You know, I thought about this though, and mm-hmm. Chip brought this up later on when one day we were sitting in the Anaheim Convention Center. He was sitting outside for like maybe a period of 30 or 35 minutes, and there was a ton of ash that had fallen onto his computer. And the more I think about this, because it's given me some time to take pause, everything looked kind of dusty, right? And a little bit dirty little little grungy yes what if what if that was the ash because there's a huge fire that's burning in the hills of anaheim right now and i thought about that because that's all it it didn't look like busted and bombed out it just kind of looked like there was a a coat of dust on it or or it was hazy what if you could absolutely be 100 right um when Look, it's so new that I was expecting it. And look, it's not brand new. It's been around for uh, over a year. Um, yeah, I, it was that. It wasn't like the buildings were in disrepair. No, it wasn't like lights it were broken. I, I want to clarify that. It just had an overall grunge to it. I think, it, I think it was the dust, dude. I, I really you could think be absolutely right. I don't want to throw Disney under the bus on that at no. all. And I really, truly, the more I thought about that, it like hit me. It was like an epiphany. I go... I think it was the the wildfires that were burning in the hills because, you know, uh, Chip's sitting there and going, look, I've only been out here for like 15 minutes. Look at my laptop. And it had ash all over it. It was the weirdest thing. So, um, yeah, well, that, that was that, we, that day. We hope that the fires do not spread out there. Obviously, we, we, we hope everybody's safe out there. But, yeah, I guess that's what happens when you live in that type of climate. Crazy. So we did, we did a few rides that day. Here's the thing I like, and and let's just say this as, as a general rule, we purposefully left some things on the table. This trip wasn't about you doing everything because you have hopes of coming back with Holly and you want to bring Rory. You want to come back with your family. So this was kind of like setting up 
a teaser for you. It was right. And I'm going to interrupt you real quick because you unbeknownst to me, and it took me until yesterday talking to Holly to find her finger. Finally, excuse my, I'm, I'm talking and my brain's going real quick for me to finally figure out what you did. I was like, man, Mark schmoozed through the park, which we've joked about many times. Yeah. You are a schmoover. And you just went ride to ride to ride. And I was like, oh, Mark was giving me the highlights. I really he was. was trying to show me all the things that he found magical. And you wanted me to experience that and also to compare and contrast to what we have at Disney World. And it took me until yesterday to figure out that you had a master plan and it was perfect. I executed and I, I it really, perfectly. I wanted to say thank you for that because it took me, uh, it took me a few days to go to reflect on everything and go. Oh, okay, Mark's trying to show show off this park the best way he can, and you did it fantastically. And I looked fantastic in plaid. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I look fantastic in plaid. So uh, we did, and just just to give the the audience a, a little idea, we did not do everything that DCA had to offer. There were those not little, even close. Yeah, not even close. There were little personal touches that we purpose. I purposefully also left on the table for a future visit for Greg, that when he gets a chance to spend three or four days at these parks, he will have a chance to take them in and breathe them in. This was me saying, Hey, listen, let me show you the things you can't get at home. Let me give you a taste of them to whet your appetite so that when you want to come back. So on the first day, we, we essentially rode the, we did the essentials. Radiator Springs Racers, the Incredicoaster, Web Slingers. We then retreated to the room for a little bit. We did have lunch at Pim's Test Kitchen. That was sort of my presentation of, uh, look at how amazing the quick service is here. But then we eventually went back. Chip got in. We had a chance to do the Guardians uh, Guardians Mission Breakout. We did the, we did twice. We rode the uh, Radiator Springs Racers. We had some wieners. We did award wieners. Holy cow. So that was my first time at award wieners, by the way, which uh, you and Chip have had some wieners. You and Chip have already had the moment where you could not get over the fact that there, yes, there is a place called award wieners. It is not like Casey's corner. And it was no, not like Casey's corner. So amazing. So good. Uh, You had, you had a hot dog, but you also had the hot dog from hell and not, not as in it like tasted bad. They straight up took some kind of spice and flavor. I don't know if it was a habanero or what, but that was the hottest, spiciest hot dog I have ever eaten. It wasn't and the it hot dog. And it hit you really quick and then disappeared. Well, it took a little while. Like the burning on my lips took a long time from eating that wiener. And it was... <laughs> I saw so much that I loved it. I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to comment. It was no, it was amazing. Like we got in there, so we got to got to have dinner there, and we we checked it out, and we obviously we took pictures that you can see on the Chip and Co page. But it was a work eat dinner. Like we were going to go was. out to eat and do a whole thing, and it was like, no, let's just eat at the park. I don't get this here at Disney World. Let's try something new. Um, but yeah, let's go to Racers and Guardians because I, I'm stuffed with Wiener. Before we before we go to those two, can we please talk about the greatest first ride photo in the history of first ride photos? <laughs> Greg is uh, we rode the, we rode the Incredicoaster. <laughs> He's laughing because he knows what's coming. We ride the Incredicoaster, and 
the like it's great because he doesn't when you ride it for the first time you never know where the the ride photo is and so we get to the end of the ride the ride photo snaps we get off the ride greg had this t-rex pose going on that i don't know what was going on but it was between the g-forces pushing his face and he had his arms kind of like up in a t-rex formation it is the funniest ride photo. I had the shortest arm look ever. And I was just like, imagine a human being trying to act like a T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> or imagine a T-Rex having a stroke is what the, the ride photo looked <laughs> like. It, it was a, it was a stroke. It was a stroke oh, that, uh, that turned into a T-Rex. But then so for the rest now of every the, ride, I need to do the T-Rex pose is what I'm calling it. Well, you did. You duplicated on almost every ride photo after that because you except guardians. Cause I was <laughs> holding on guardians, my life. Yeah, guardians. So in credit coaster, we ride it and you're like, we have to get to the front. So we waited an extra few minutes and the ride was like, Oh, it'll be 10 minutes. It ended up being like 45 minutes to an hour because I don't know why something they were doing. Still, it was a fabulous ride. And I'm like, man, this is great. I'm on Incredicoaster. I've watched this coaster go so many times. I remember your description of it. And I'm loving life. And like, I get strapped in and I, I was holding on to the front bar instead of just holding on to where the arm bar is coming over your shoulder um, restraints are. And I was like, oh, my arms can reach the, the front. So I'm holding on to that instead of like, wee. <laughs> and so I think I went to go up and go wee. And instead, my hands got caught in the middle and I just looked like a little T-Rex, T-Rex. like with the little arms. I was like, let me grab that, please. You also <laughs> please made that. a rookie mistake oh. and you were, you were so... Uh, <laughs> I was looking around too yeah, much. You were so uh, stimulated by the ride. You're looking around and you're like, ba- you bashed your head. Just I smacked my head so hard. I was not ready for it. I was totally a rookie. Look, always look forward. Always put your head back. No, my head was forward. I'm looking around. <laughs> There's a giant roller coaster. I'm, I'm trying to see where I'm going. Mistakes but were made. To my right hand side, I'm seeing like balloons are going in the air. There's a giant Ferris wheel next to me. It was just Disney overstimulation at its finest. Mistakes were made that day, my friend. <laughs> it was good. It All was right. amazing. So Radiator Spring. And I'm going to, we'll, we're going to, you know what? Pause on Radiator Springs. We'll be back on Radiator Springs in a minute. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout. Greg was adamant. He said it on the show. There was no way in hell that he was getting on the Tower of Terror. He hates the Tower of Terror while he will go on it from time to time. He hates it every single time. I am so shocked and proud of you that you even went on this thing. So I did promise you, but if you go back a few episodes, I did promise you that I would ride it one time with you once, one time, one time. Okay. So it was the Halloween overlay. So during the Halloween season, they take the, the original ride and it gets an overlay. It's called monsters after dark. They change out the music. They change the aesthetic, even the cue, everything about the ride is completely and totally overhauled. So instead of looking like the tower normally, um, the creatures have all escaped. All of the, the paddocks are broken. The electricity is flickering on and off. There's ominous music. It, it looks like a horror ride more than it does something that's fun. Greg, take us through the experience. I'm glad you saw any of that. Um, I, so we discussed our, our thoughts on roller coasters and getting over that fear and getting strapped in. And uh, like, once you start on the coaster, you're like, ah, I'm in now. Let's just go. There was terror 
<laughs> it was pure terror. I was worried the about the whole you. ride. I was like, I, I was sweating profusely. Um, it, it, it had gripped me that, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this, <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> and that's all I could think of for like 20 minutes waiting in that line was, I really don't want to be here right now. And I'm like trying to look at my phone. I'm trying to talk to you guys about the most random, stupid stuff, like anything to get my brain off of, oh my gosh, I'm about to be strapped into something. That yeah. Gets, the bi- the Bitcoin, down. the Bitcoin discussion was a little forced. <laughs> You're like, Hey guys, did you check your wallet? What's, what's Cardano at? What's Bitcoin yes. up to? And I'm like, dude, hey, just are focus. You, uh, Doge coins? Do you yeah. got any Doge coins? Do you have any no? Doge? Okay. Did you buy any Doge this last year? I'm like, dude, just focus yes. on the ride. Chill out. We're gonna be fine. <laughs> it's it's look, it's magical. It truly is. I love. There's something about mentally getting through that and overcoming it. And I was like, first off, there's two things. First off, as a man, there's the I I I can't handed my man card around two other guys that I'm hanging out with. And I'm like, they don't care. They're like, whatever I'm doing this. Meanwhile, internally, there is a thought process of death, doom and destruction. And I'm just going, I don't want to, I really, if they weren't here, I would walk out right now, but we did, we got that. We got, we got to the, and part. yeah, I have no clue what the pre-show looked like, what the queue looked like, what rocket was talking about. None of it. It's all a blur. We get onto the actual ride itself. And I'm like, you can see how sweaty I am at this point. And Mark, at one point, I think you were like, you okay? I was like, while we're about to get on the elevator and I'm like front in line and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. I don't mind. As long as I can hold on to something, I'm good. Getting on, we get strapped in and it's the ride. It's Tower of Terror. Only it's not Tower of Terror. There's something smoother about it tower terror at one point the reason i don't ride it all the time is i have lower back issues i've had four back surgeries so if i slam down on my tailbone too hard i'm done for the day this one there was none of that like when you came to a stop it wasn't abrupt it was very smooth it was the up and down we got lucky and got two full drops mm-hmm. um and then a few of the up and down things and by, I think by the last full drop, I, I was putting my hands in the air and waving them like I just don't care because I was having a good time. I, I got through that mental anguish. I got through all that. And here I am hanging out with my two friends on Guardians of the Galaxy in Anaheim. And it just, it dawned on me. And I was like, why, why can't I just enjoy this? And I tell and people I it's did. crazy to think that because you, one would assume that because it's the same essential ride mechanic and it is a drop tower that it's going to feel identical to the experience that you get over at the tower of terror in Hollywood studios. And it's not, and it's so hard to describe how, unless you show people that Joe Rody, the Imagineer has completely changed the drop sequence to, instead of make it feel like that terror and that fall, the free fall that you get from tower of terror you feel like you were just floating, like they're turning gravity on and off and just, it's like fizzy lifting drinks from Willy Wonka. That and you- here's what we're going to do. You're going to hear this throughout what we're going to talk about in the future here in a few minutes, the, how smooth things are or how, how, how things just work a little bit better or they're designed just a little bit better. They, they And that's like an overall theme for a lot of the rides that we're going to, yep. it's just maintenance. It's this 
is smooth. It's not rough. Nothing's jerky. Nothing just uh, is out of control. It just feels nice and how it should. And it was, I really had an amazing time. I will say this. And would you uh, do it again? I would, I would do it again. I with think my would, daughter. I think you would do it friends. again. I don't think I would ever just physically be there and go, you know what I want to do? Guardians. But if my, if Rory or if you guys were there and said, Hey, let's do it. I think I would do it one more time. I really want you to experience the original. The overlay is amazing, but I want you to do the, because if you felt that that one was less intense, then you're going to really love the original one because the original one has more of the floating than even that that one did. That one had two full drop sequences. The original one doesn't even give you that kind of intensity. It gives right. you it gives you more of like this that goes on, and I'm moving my hand in, in a very. I was going to say, how are we showing yeah. a podcast? What this is? And for those people that don't have the video, I'm moving my hand in a smaller gesture. It, it's it's a very small like increment that you you feel more like you're floating than you're actually dropping. So I will I will say I had a great time. I really love this. I understand why people say this is one of the greatest rides that Disney has. So I is Miriam correct it. when she says to all of the Disney World crew, is Miriam correct when she says that the Guardians Tower is better than the Tower of Terror over in Hollywood Studios? It is much better. By by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. By, by a go. lot. I'm done talking about Guardians. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so, dude, I was very proud of you. It was very emotional to see you get over that fear for you to challenge it and then kind of come out the other end thinking to yourself, I'm, one, I didn't just made it, but I conquered it and I kind of had fun doing it. But let's get to the emotional segment of this because then the second day we all went to bed, we all got well rested, and then we did Disney Plus Day in Disneyland. Not Grab only was, your tissues. Yes. This is going to be an emotional train wreck for me. Yeah. So not only was it Disney Plus Day, which was really fun and really awesome, but man, you were at Disneyland. So walking through the gate, take me through this moment, the hub, the plaque, Walt's apartment, Sleeping Beauty's castle. You had what you told us and collectively called a moment. Share that moment with me, man. Just go ahead. The floor is yours. Cause it was awesome to watch from about 20 feet away. I just left you to, to yourself to just be with your own thoughts and your own emotions. And it was great to watch it. I think there was two really good moments that I want to discuss. So there's something weird about working at chip and co, which you realize Mark, and you you've been there and see it. Part of you is this is an experience for me that I want personally the other part is, oh, I'm going to get the shots that I need to put up on Instagram and work. So you come in and it's Disney Plus Day. Well, we want to get the shots of the Disney Plus stuff. We want to get the, the signage and all this other stuff. But as soon as you, like, you get in and got a few shots, it was, oh, I'm walking underneath a railroad. And the railroad's running. And it was like, okay, this is wonderful. This is spectacular. But then you round the corner after coming underneath the train station and out of nowhere you realize you're in Disneyland. I've been to Disney world. I've been to town square and Disney world uh, hundreds and hundreds of times, but walking into Disneyland and seeing Walt's apartment, seeing the fire station, seeing the flagpole, turning around and seeing 
Main Street, USA. And at the end, it's Sleeping Beauty Castle. I've worked really hard in my life to get to a point where I can enjoy certain things. I worked really hard to get to D23. I've worked really hard to be able to enjoy Disney as a whole, as the whole company. I, I enjoy working with them and I love working for Chip and Company. But walking in and seeing Sleeping Beauty Castle at the end of Main Street, and there was something special about it was nothing but blue balloons walking down. So it made this really cool visual. And I'm sitting there and it was just, it was childhood. It was my childhood reared up out of me. And I wasn't, I wasn't 47. I was a seven-year-old kid. Sorry. I saw my family. Like I was there with my friends. It was magical. But that wasn't anything. Walking down Main Street, you get to the castle, and there's the Mickey and um, Walt partner statue that you've seen everywhere. And there in front of you is Sleeping Beauty or Sleeping Beauty Castle. And there's the Matterhorn. And then you see the the, the spokes. There's Space Mountain. There's uh, Tomorrowland. You see under the castle, you can see through to Fantasyland and see the carousel. And you see all this other stuff. And I had to call Holly and just take that moment and just let her know that I loved her. Because... I worked really hard to get to this point in life where I can enjoy this. I remember being a poor kid growing up in Trenton, New Jersey and never having the dream of going to Disney, Disneyland, Disney world. You watch all these movies and all these cartoons and people talk about it. And you have get this dream of one day I want to do this. One day I want to travel the world. One day I want to be something important. One day I want I want somebody to remember me after I pass. Those type of things. Well, for me, it was getting to Disneyland was a huge moment for me personally because it meant that I worked hard to get here. Did I get that moment with my wife? No, but she was on the phone with me talking. I got that moment because I was hanging out with my friends. And I was working at the same time. And it was, it was, I, I take that very seriously in my life. Like if everything can revolve around work and friends and having fun and the enjoyment of it. Yeah. Sleeping Beauty Castle may be this cute little castle, but that's the icon. That's Walt. That's Walt Disney right there. Like he built this dream that we all have. And it was just wonderful to kind of just sit back and realize, like, I don't have to always take things so seriously. I don't have to be um, on top of everything. I can just stop for five minutes and just breathe and just enjoy life. And I appreciate you guys being out there with me for it. And I appreciate you guys giving me the time for it because it was magical to me. And it meant, it meant a whole lot of my life came to fruition in just that moment. There's just a intangible magic and a history of that park. Not to say that Walt Disney world doesn't have a feel and a magic to it, but if you're a Disney file and a Disney fan, there is just this unspoken recognition that that is Walt and you feel Walt and you feel every bit of the history of that park. And when you look at the castle, that's why I like, I get really upset just like how, you know, there's Disney World or sure like, but our castle's better. Yeah, it's bigger. It doesn't mean that it's better. It's bigger. 
Walt Disney built that castle. He used forced perspective to construct it and it's beautiful and it's charming and you can get up close and intimate to it. And just when you're walking through it, there's something that cannot be described about that park. There's an intangible there's look, I still turn at town square here at, at magic kingdom and I make sure I go the long way. So boom, there comes Cinderella castle in front of me because that's a magical moment. There's something also cool about going down main street, the, the streets that Walt personally built and it's his castle, it's his park, all that other stuff, but it's different. It doesn't, there's no, I hate that people compare these anymore because there's, it's not a comparison. There are different parks. You can see (laughs) touches of Walt Disney world in Disneyland. You can see what they took and went, this is, Oh, this is great. But now we have more space so we can expand on them. It's wonderful. It's magical, man. Everybody just needs to calm down about <laughs> this castle's better. That castle's better. No, they're both magical. You get that experience no matter what place you're at. You know you're at Disney. That's all that matters. We're at Disney. It doesn't matter if it's world, land, Paris, Tokyo. You walk in and see that castle and you are that child again. And this is why we all want to do this. So go out there. Go to Sleeping Beauty Castle. There's nothing to fight about. No, there is It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Cinderella Castle. Man, uh, great. It's big and the fireworks go off and we get fireworks show every night. And it's magical. Yeah. There's stop, stop fighting over it. Well, There's no reason. It's beautiful. Don't hate me too much, Greg, because our next segment is called Disney World versus Disneyland. Let's do this. I'm ready Let's because I have this. thoughts. Greg, Greg has thoughts, but ultimately we're, we're doing this for fun. Greg and I, we bet each other a, we bet each other a Dole Whip that I had a thesis and my whole goal was to execute my thesis upon Greg and to kind of lay this out last week on and company, we had the hot take that I, I poked the bear a little bit with him talking about the four rides that were definitively better over at Disneyland versus Disney world. So I tried to execute my thesis and I brought him on the rides that I just wanted to show him and say, see, they're better here, but he is 1000% right. We do this for fun, but I love Disney world. I love Disneyland. I love Disney period, but it's just a fun little thing for us to do. And I would be remiss if I didn't pull him and call him out on the carpet and make him choose Ah, which ride was better. So let's let's play a game called Disney world or Disneyland. You're more than welcome to expand upon your answers as you see fit to explain why you feel the way that you do. But let's, let's rip the bandaid right off with this one, man, because I'm leading with my, I'm leading with my central thought of space mountain, space mountain at Disneyland versus space mountain at Disney world. This was my main argument. I can't ride Disney World anymore without feeling womp womp and go. Uh, Okay. The queue at Disneyland is fabulous. I love walking up the the ramps and being upstairs and being able to overlook stuff. Uh, The ride, it's double seated instead of a single seat. The ride itself is smoother. Um, going up the tunnel on the, the lift to go up uh, is disorienting and wonderful. And having the visuals all there is great. Uh, the ride itself is a fun ride. Um, soundtrack. Could we, could we yes, mention the soundtrack? soundtrack? Good. But you're, you're not going to like this answer, Mark. You're wrong, though. I hate 
Space Mountain here at Walt Disney World. Hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's so painful. It's like so I, I painful. literally talk in a higher pitch voice after getting off that ride. I don't know what it is. Um, but the difference is Space Mountain here has a little bit more thrill to it. There's a few more like drops where your stomach goes. Uh, it, 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 there's a difference. There's yeah, the thrill is the chiropractor the visit afterward. Yes. Uh, for smoothness and for a better ride itself, it's Disneyland. It's just fun a more factor, enjoyable. Fun factor and the more I can talk about going, oh my God, why did I do that ride? It is Disney World, unfortunately. It's not, not a unfortunately, good, it's not but a good Disneyland story. does it really really well i i will give props and say if i had to choose one on a daily basis i would choose disneyland absolutely (laughs) all right uh seemingly you would think that this one's a push but i argue and say that it's not so big thunder mountain Disneyland versus so Disney World. much better Disneyland Disneyland crushes I Disney told World. you I told you it. that's an uh, we're gonna get to a, a pirates in a second so I don't want to talk too much about animatronics but the 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 ride itself is more fun the dynamite sequence makes it fun that just uh, it's just more fun like how do how do you express it's just a more fun ride? Everything about it is more fun. Disney World, it's good. It's a lot of stop start, stop start. I don't like that. Whereas in Disney, like um, it's not has, a backbreaker. Yeah, yeah, it's just nice and fun. And I had a great time. And to be quite honest, Disneyland wins that one. Dude, trees, animatronic, water. It's again, we've talked about this. It's not just a maintenance issue. But there, there is an ambiance to the ride. Here is my defense of our Big Thunder, though. In the rain and the monsoons, our ride has gotten beat up and weathered. It doesn't have the same sophisticated technology because it may not be able to survive being exposed to the elements, unlike being in a more arid climate and a desert. So we, we may just not be able to have that same sophisticated system because it would get beat up. I will also say one other thing about Disney world's version, the view from Disney world's version destroys Disneyland, but as a ride itself, more way more fun in Disneyland. Big thunder is better. All right. uh, Disneyland's up to two zero haunted mansion. Also, I'm glad we went haunted mansion next because yeah, Uh, haunted mansion. Overlay. We saw the overlay. I was just going to say there's an asterisk to this because we saw Haunted Mansion Holiday with Jack Skellington. I'm glad I got to see that version. Am I upset that I didn't get the Haunted Mansion version? No, I'm not upset at all. I can do the Disney World one for now uh, until I get back to really enjoy uh, what Haunted Mansion really is. But being able to be there for the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, I thought was spectacular. The courtyard leading into it, a lot better. The, the way of getting on and off the ride, a lot better. The, the ride and the overlay are a great experience because they don't just add one or two things. It's the whole ride. Yeah. Like, and it's massive feeling. Uh, it feels longer. It's brighter. The story for Nightmare Before Christmas is excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, I, can't, I don't see why people aren't like, this needs to be a ride 
all the time. Yep. This doesn't need to be an overlay. This needs to actually exist 24-7 and never change. I agree. It's that good. That's how good it was. I agree, yeah. man. And we wrote it back to back. Uh, so I probably wrote it like six times when all was said and done because I, I kept on writing it that first day. I got in a half day ahead of you guys. And in that yep. half day, I wrote it nonstop. All right, small world. Oh, it's I know. Here's so I, know. I debated this I know. last night with Holly because uh, small world as a land. It, so what people don't realize is small world isn't like in Magic Kingdom where you just it's uh, you just go onto the ride. In Disneyland, it is a whole section and it's built and it has that white facade. It's beautiful. There's places to sit. The 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 shrubbery that's uh, the landscaping is done perfectly. What an amazing facade to a building. Did you not feel Walt though? Did you just not feel Walt Disney on that ride? And I used was, the Olaf you're, quote, you're, water has uh, memory. Yeah. You use that and it was like, oh, look at where I'm at. Now I do want to say we did ride, uh, ride it with Miriam, the Chiro Fund and yep. her sister. And they have a lot of interesting facts about the ride. So they were able to point out little things that I would have missed had I wrote it with nobody who's ever been on it before. So thanks to them, I got a better experience on It's a Small World. I, I loved it. It, was qu- it felt quicker. Uh, I didn't feel like at any point the song was going to bother me. Whereas in, in Disney World, the song just keeps playing on a loop and you kind of go, all right, I'm done with the song. Let's go. Let's move on. No, there was none of that. It just it felt great. I will say, I think... In Disney World, I like the artwork and the animals a little better. We have a better hippo. I told you. The hippo she's, wins. She's always w- winking at Yeah, me. I like the, the winking hippo versus the one who, like the little the little one-eyed wink. I like our hippo better. But overall, I, I do enjoy their small world. It's longer, it's a longer version. There's all of the princess cameos that make it really fun throughout. So special. So but special. I, I will say, I, I think Disney World wins that uh, as a ride, getting on, getting off really quick. As a whole land and area, it's Disneyland. It, you can't beat that facade and the whole area it's in. There's nothing like it. It's, it's not, you can't compare. So, but as a ride itself, like just the ride mechanics, I prefer Disney World's version because I think I like the animatronics and I like the room layout a little bit better here. But that takes nothing away from Disneyland because Disneyland's is spectacular. It really and it's is, Walt. dude. It really is. Yeah. All right. So this this one's kind of not fair. The next two are, are really not fair because they're the same ride mechanic, but they're completely, totally different rides. So Indiana Jones versus Dinosaur, they're, it's the same ride vehicle. It's just imagine having different themes over each one of them. Ha, what, what is wrong with Disney that this does not exist at the uh, in Disney World? Isn't Why it amazing? does this not exist? Like, who cares about the dinosaur? Like, I could care less about saving that iguanodon at the end. Like, nope. I, he can burn in time. I don't care. In Indiana Jones, I felt, oh my God, go across that bridge and the fire's coming at you. How is this not... In every park, this is an iconic ride. It's amazing, and so well done. I and it's a little smoother. Again, it's a little smoother, but oh man, it, you ha- that has to be exist in it's probably other one of the best rides there too. It's 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 different. I I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it's the same car, same track, not the same track layout, but the same. Type yeah, of no, thing. same track layout, the exact same track layout. 
so much better. So that's Disneyland by a landslide. Okay. You can and, take dinosaur and burn it. <laughs> okay. And then radiator sp- again, I get it. You told me, Mark, it's not the same ride. It's not, but it's essentially the same ride mechanic radiator springs racers versus test track. It's the same ride. I now admit I was wrong. You were right. My friend, I give you full credit. Um, radiator springs is ju- the story, the animatronics, the cars. It's the story of the first cars. It's the full story of the first cars. It's brilliant. It's br- I, I went through that. And Mark, what, it's the first thing I was like, how, how is this not an Epcot? How, your, your why mouth would you was not bring this IP yeah. over to like, who cares that Epcot was supposed to be the experimental prototype community of tomorrow? I don't it's care. Gone. At all. That's gone. Yeah. Don't care. I, I want this IP. I want this IP at test track. Now, now that's it has to be there. That is so well done. Uh, Cars Land needs to exist at Epcot, Disney World, please. Yeah. So you know, so here's the craziest thing. You know that part of uh, of well, it's called what now? It's not Future World anymore. It's World World Motion something. It's uh, which World Celebration? Oh, it's Neighborhood. So it's World yeah. Celebration, World Discovery, and World Nature. Okay, so it's one of, one of the three. I don't even. It's always <laughs> World future, Discovery. It, yeah, it's always going to be celebrations to in me. the middle. But you know that long avenue that as you're walking down towards Test Track, that could be Radiator Springs. That whole avenue could be Radiator Springs. And you can fix the facade of Test Track. That big round building that you see. Yep. You just put up mountains, and you have you can see my giant butte. Yep, you can put up mountains. I mean, it doesn't have to. It, it's never going to look exactly like you have in California, which is fine. But you can make it a version of Cars Land. And why don't we have that like right now? So uh, we just talked about the Incredicoaster earlier. Which one do you prefer, Rock and Roller Coaster or the Incredicoaster? Because they're they're very close. Um, Incredicoaster is longer. It's a longer experience, and it's obviously outdoors. But it's a very similar launch mechanic right into, you know, right into a, a yeah. more traditional I, you coaster. Know, I, underwhelmed. Underwhelmed by both of them. I'm really anti-rock and roll really? coaster. But I was very underwhelmed. Uh, look, it, it injured remi- you. You and I both grew up <laughs> at the Jersey Shore. Yeah. So I'm sure both of us have ridden the roller coasters that used to line the boardwalks, whether it was in Seattle City or Ocean City or up north in uh, uh, Seaside, not Seaside Heights, but... Um, Long Beach Island, like LBI, we know Asbury these boardwalks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that. It is, and it's, so it, it wasn't anything special. It's to a me. boardwalk coaster. It, mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah, it was a boardwalk coaster, and meh. But it's meant to be. That's the whole point of it. Was California Scream, and it was supposed to be meh. very much reminiscent of like those pier coasters that we knew and and loved and grew up with on on the pier. So it's right. a push for me. So the final, the final one, man. And this is the one that I know you've been waiting to talk about because I think this was the one that really was your epiphany. This was your epiphany, and I could see it on your face. This was the moment that I think that you started to realize what I had been talking about. And like you didn't look at me like I was crazy anymore after you rode Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean angered me. Why would it ride? And okay. It was so beautiful, and the double drop is wonderful. The queue is spectacular. The boat motion is spectacular. It's all wonderful. But I'll tell you why I was angry on it. I was angry for my own home. I was angry that I didn't have this in my own house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, that guy's got an 84-inch uh, welcome high-depth screen. Welcome to I my world. I don't have that. Yep. I want that. 
Welcome to my world and every single feeling that I had the first time that I went to Disneyland. Go ahead, continue. The anger comes from the simple things. The double drop, fine. The longer ride, fine. You could do all that. What got me was the animatronics. I literally watched. They're, and they're the same animatronic but at they, both parks. Yep, they fully articulate. Fully articulate. Instead of like in Disney World, they're very look like robot. Like imagine that in the 80s when breakdancing came around. It's very eh, 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 eh. it was stuttered. It's very that's a good word, stuttered. So when a hand moves, it looks like it's stuttering. In Anaheim, it's the smoothest, most well kept. They're up to date. Even though they're however many years old, 60 years old, they move so well. How can they be older and, and so be in better clean. shape? Yep. Much better shape. That's where I started to get angry because I look at what my own park has and it looks like crud <laughs> compared to what they have out there. Like it's the same story, it, some of the same scenes. But when you go through them, it just, it feels cleaner. It I know. moves better. And it's it, maddening too that it's like, why can't we that's have That's what nice angered stuff? me. I'm like, yeah. it's the same thing. Why do my animatronics look like junk? Why aren't we worth nice? Why can't we have nice things was honestly what I said to Linda. Why can't we have nice things like this? Put the Xbox down, maintenance. Stop playing around. And get fix it. it. Just like, get it. Listen, yeah, just Disney, get it. spend a little bit more money. And I'm not trashing the cast members because the cast members take care of what they have to take care of. And look, they're doing a better job fixing stuff in Tomorrowland. Things are showing up all over the place. Everything's getting better. But there's something special about pirates in Disneyland well, that maybe, can be here in Disney World if we would just take care of our stuff. Well, maybe this maybe this too as a point of consideration, maybe when you have four gates to maintain that much real estate, that much stuff, maybe it becomes harder to do that bullet point list every single night. I don't know. I'm purely speculating. But I don't know, but what I can tell you is just from looking at it and seeing the Disneyland stuff looks and feels great. And it's older and it should not by any, by any account should not look better than the stuff that's over at Walt Disney world. And yet it does. So the, man, that's how I felt. But here, here's the thing. It, it reinvigorates going to Disneyland reinvigorates my love of Disney world because it makes me realize the things that I do have and the things that make my park unique and special but the other thing that we've talked about numerous times now that I love about Disney World is it's so different, man, that I can go there and have a totally different experience. And that's what I don't want all of these parks to feel homogenous. I don't want them to all feel the same or be the same and look the same. I want them to be different. So I like going there and saying, I'm going to love this Space Mountain. I'm going to love this Pirates because I'm going to look for this animatronic or this little facet of it that I don't normally get. And that's why I took you on the tour that I took you on was I wanted you to just see those differences and those subtleties. I wanted to whet your appetite. So we left, the, and I said this before, we left a lot on the table. So there's going to be so much more for you to do when you go with your family. And I purposefully left those things out for your return visit because you guys are going to then get to explore all of them. But now the next time you go, you will also be that guide for your family to say, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to let me show you this first and then let's explore these things together. 
But before we get into the the closing, I want to talk about just the overall the train. I need to talk. <laughs> we about have to go to the train. train because let's face it, we saved the train for the very end. It was the last thing that you did. You had a chance to commune with Walt Disney and his love of trains on Walt Disney's train. Take me through that moment, man. What was it like to to ride the train for the first time in years, but to ride Walt train? So we got to take the last train out of uh, Toontown area. The so last Toontown train. Is, we took the last train. They were very adamant of this will be the last train that goes through here. So um, we took it and we went through, what was it, the desert scene that they have? Yes. Um, what do you call those? Mobile, mobiles? Uh, uh, what are those? Um, dioramas. Yeah. Animatronic diorama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're dioramas of of different scenes, and one's the desert, and then one is a dinosaur display, which blew me away because I did not expect that in any way, shape, or form. I had not done my homework on the train out there, so I kind of went in with a little bit of ignorance, and I kept it that way on purpose. I've talked many times, Mark, um, that the train was my, my connection to my father. Uh, here at Walt Disney World. It's the only thing I ever really remember about being 10 years old and going to Walt Disney World. So for the last few years since I've lived down here, there is no train. There's no there, no train. Disney, I'm not, you know what? I'm going to leave that. I'm going to let that go. I'm going okay. to kite tails the train here. Um, so being able to ride the real train was spectacular. Uh, you saw on my face, I got a little emotional because... The train in Disney means something and should mean something to everybody who goes to Disney World, Disneyland. It doesn't matter where you go. We would not be, I would not be here doing this if it was not for that train, Mark. I would not be a part of this. Look, Walt started doing the, the small scale garden trains in his backyard. And, and then he remembered being a child and riding the trains for Marceline uh, and stuff. So he saw a point of, hey, I want to build a park around a train. And I want other people to experience this. So the train is the pathway and the gateway drug, basically, to what we have now. This is Disney's idea of why we... I, I, and that's what it meant to me. It, it, it was just everything wrapped up into one ride why I do this for a living, why I love Disney, why I love that we're here. It's a communal thing that I don't think a lot of people experience of. We all get a chance to ride that train. We all get a chance to be on that and experience that special thing because one man decided that he wanted to share his love and passion for a train. Like, and that makes like you sit back and think about it nowadays. Nobody really cares about that. Nobody cares about no. that history. And that's fine. You don't have to. But I do. And to me, it meant the world. It meant a lot, man. I just looked over. There were a few times that I just, I sat silent. I wanted you to just be alone with your own thoughts and your own emotions. And I didn't want to cloud the space. And that was one moment that I looked over. And I just looked at you and I'm like, he's very content right now contentment was such a great word to use there. Look, I'm not telling other people you have to love this. That's not what I'm trying to do. This is just my personal reaction to this. This is why I love doing what I do. I cover Disney for a living. I get to talk about Disney. 
I don't have to sit around and talk about politics or what angers the world or go into a negative space. I don't want to be negative, Mark. I want, I'm a positive person. I see the beauty in life. I see wonderful things in all human beings. And I love this world and I love the people I'm around. And when I'm your friend, I love you hardcore. I love working with Chip. I love working with you. I love that you guys are my friends. I love my wife and my kids. And I love Disney because it brings out that childhood and that wonderment and that, that beauty that is in life on every single day. And so, yeah, you're going to get nothing but the positive out of me on some of this. Do, yeah. Does something make me angry? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I love what I do. And I got to ride that train on the last ride, knowing that I'm going to D23 in the morning, knowing that I'm about to do one of my life goals. And it just meant so much to me. And I thank you so much for having that experience with me. So what was your personal highlight, man? Not news headline, because we're going to do news. Listen, we have three more podcasts, at least this week, that we're going to be doing news headlines. So not news headline. But what was your pinch me moment? What was your, what was your personal highlight from this? From Disneyland, Disney just, World? And the parks, just parks, because we did parks first. Uh, I, it, wow, that's a good one. Um, going just, it's just the being there. I, I think it's just being there. Look, I, I'm going to say a few things real quick. Disneyland sits on this little block. Uh, it's not a little block, but it's like a block in the middle of the city where you go and you can escape the world. You can escape all the negative that's out there. And you normally you get to be around other people who are thinking like you in that same Hey, I'm a child again. I'm having fun. This is my escape from reality a little bit. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, but I can go into this one little block in this city and escape all that. Uh, the best part, man, look, it's, it's all wrapped up into one thing, and that's just being there, just being in that moment, being able to take that time and reflect on my life. I, I've done everything I wanted to do in my life now. Like I've had goals and when I was younger, I hit those goals really quick because I worked very hard and I, I ruined my body because of it. But then I got to marry my wonderful wife and have five amazing kids and goals change and you go through life to do all this other stuff. You want to raise good kids. You want to uh, have a healthy and happy marriage. And I have all that, Mark. I'm very blessed and lucky to have that. So then I can become a little bit more selfish once in a while and go... The things I would like is to just be happy. I want to experience wonderment and amazement. And I want, I want to be, fall in love with what people can do with technology and visuals. And so being in the park wrapped all that up for me. I got to live this dream that I've worked really hard for. So just being in that park was everything to me. Does that take anything away from Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney no. World? No. It no. made me want I, – I literally came home and was like, I'm, this is home. I miss being home. I live 6.2 miles from Walt Disney World. I get to experience that magic every day. Yes, it's through work, but it's also not that hard of a job. Like go! Oh, I got to go to the park it's today. Not oh. a hard way to make a but living. No, man. in Disneyland, I was able to just take a few moments of of reflection, and I was able to take account of all the wonder thing, wonderful things I have in my life. And I'm, 
I'm really blessed and I've worked very hard to get here. And I'm so grateful, first off, to my wife for letting me go because she didn't have to. She could have said, no, you have to experience this first with me. And I would have listened to her and been like, I agree with her. Yes, I should. But she went, no, go experience this with Mark. Hang out with Chip. Experience it with him. And just love your life. Love what you do. Listen, and I'm sorry. I know we're running out of time because this is running long. But I got to meet a childhood dream of mine. Like uh, when when we met Debbie Dane Brown, who is the Walt Disney World's first First ambassador. ambassador. Mm -hmm. And she recognized me. And she was like, hey. And I was like, hey, what? What are you doing here? And here she is recreating her first photo from when she was the first ambassador. I got to see friends from different media outlets and say hey to them. I just got to be, I was one of everybody and it was just so cool, Mark. And I, again, I thank you. I thank everybody. It was those magic moments, dude. It was those personal moments. But like you and I even got a chance to hang out with Miriam. That Like we've done countless shows and podcasts with Miriam to, to hang out with Miriam and, and just, is she not just exactly like she is? She really was like, amazing. No change. Amazing no change, human being. Just warm and genuine. And I love that. Uh, for me, also getting to introduce you, but a chance to meet Andy from Did You Know Official, mm-hmm. that Andy and I were both uh, Quarantunes fans and we were fans of Piano Rob. And we, we've been now talking remotely and through these kind of mediums for now for two years and to get her and we chugged a beer together yeah and meet her and (laughs) chug a beer over at pim's test kitchen but you know like the thing for me that was so great it was breakfast with the guys every morning at the hotel laughing in the room the inside jokes (laughs) disneyland is just again it's it's these park visits have become about the people but me taking you through this experience and being your guide was really fun and then, of course, our sheer triumph at the end of executing a great weekend and a, and a great time together, which we are going to be talking about all the rest of the week because we just went into work mode and the three guys that were here, we just went into work mode and it was about the news and it was about covering all of the amazing things that Disney brought. But that's what you're going to get for the remainder of this week, guys. Don't forget, we have uh, the best of Disney parks, Disney News and Review and Company, and then the extra We are going to be talking about all of those headlines and breaking down the biggest headlines from the week. So thank you for joining us here once again at Dislife Podcast on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Stay tuned this week again for more news and incredible podcast content and up-to-date information coming right out of D23. Greg, dude, thank you for sharing this week with me, man. Thank you for sharing the emotion with us all here. This was a really great uh, trip report. But to everyone else, we hope you have had an incredible week. Sorry we're a day late, but we were flying across the country. We hope that the rest of the week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. Bye, Greg. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. 
They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in Run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Diz Life Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive. 